All right, here we go. It is episode 35 of Bet Parks Presents the Odds Podcast on a football Friday. It feels Jeez, like football outside, yes. too. Oh, it's crisp hi. today. I was thinking of you when I went out and put my uh, recycling and trash to the curb. I'm like, this is Jason Mertidis weather. Well, you, it would have really made you think of me if I came over and put your recycling and trash on the curb like I did when I was picking you up, Harry. Right. right. <laughs> and then took a leak in the driveway. Absolutely. Just for old time's sake. Yeah. I mean, that driveway is missing me, Harry. It is. It really is. It doesn't need to be blacktop. It needs to be piss-topped. Right. You're like, what are you doing? I got a bathroom right in there. I know. I'm like, I don't want to wake up to Lima. Door, there's a bathroom, literally. Yeah, the powder, the powder room, room, as they call yes. it. Yeah. Yes. I didn't want to go in there with a, a heavy stream after drinking, Harry, and wake oh, up yeah. to Lima. Yeah. You know? One of those streams where you're knocking the porcelain off the tile of the yeah, toilet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my oh. goodness. Uh, what's going on, Harry? Uh, we got football. We got a President's Cup today, day number two, and a USA beatdown thus far on the international team. And uh, got a big wedding I'm going to this weekend. Oh, yeah? Who's getting married, Harry? Huh? Uh, my buddy, uh, Brandon Matthews. Nice the guy Congrats on the PGA to Tour. He's uh, getting hitched finally on Saturday afternoon. Oh, that's your butt. Did he get his card, Harry? Yes, he did. Yes. Nice. Well, yeah. no wonder she's marrying him now. She's like, you got a, <laughs> you got a tour card. Right, right. Make some real money. None of this club pro bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Forget about this corn fairy paycheck. Let's get let's get some real ones. Yeah, get a purse while you're out there. Where, where is the uh, wedding at if you want to give that away? Well, it's in, it's been Ben Salem, uh, which, but it's right on the Delaware river. There's like an okay. estate. Yeah. I forget what it's called, but, uh, this is all they do is put on weddings. It's a really sweet looking place. So well, that'd be a nice affair up there for sure. Yeah. I hope he's not going uh, down somewhere into the Caribbean for his honeymoon. He's going to end up like me and Angie in Hurricane Wilma. Oh, wow. All yeah. I guess, storms brewing. I guess that hurricane blew through Puerto Rico, right? And then well, Bermuda. And, yeah. yeah. So. Fiona, right? I think it was Fiona, not Fiona yeah. Apple. Yeah, <laughs> not Princess Fiona from Shrek. Oh, There's not a lot of Fionas. You I don't can even break know what out. that is. That that is. You never watched Shrek? No. With Mike Myers as Shrek. I know what Sh I know who Shrek is. And the donkey was yeah. Eddie Murphy. Oh, is that, is that right? Yeah. Was it good? Think, yeah, I mean, for for those movies, you know, Mike Myers is great. Yeah, he's he's super talented. Um, good Canadian guy. Yeah. And, you know, I think it was, Car not Carmen Electra, but um, what's what's the other broad's name? The blonde that was in all the movies back then. She was in There's Something About Mary. Why can't I think of her name? Uh, yeah. I mean, I she was she quit yeah, acting. She, she was in tons of movies. She was yeah, fun. Mask. Yeah, she was good. I forget her yeah. name. Yeah. I, I, how do we assume we forget? I know. Um, bef before we get to uh, telling people about a couple of the plays that you got, I know you did your show earlier today as well. Yeah. Get a couple of plays on the Bet Parks app. A couple of things coming up. Jeff Mosher is going to join us in about seven minutes' time. All right. And we're going to get, I got to ask Mosh a couple of things. First and foremost, though, Harry, about his uh, not following me on Twitter anymore. I feel like Bruno, are you following what? me, man? Are you serious? Yeah, remember we talked about that. He wow. unfollowed me, so I gave him an unfollow. I may give him an official refollow well, on should. the program. Yeah, I mean, it's Eagle season. You got to be following Jeff Mosher. But I got, I got to get the reasoning because I did it out of spite because he stopped following me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't looking to unfollow Mosh. Right. But I noticed he wasn't following me. So I unfollowed him in a pissed off, re you know, rebuttal. Right. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll figure that out. We'll hash that out uh, along with a lot of Eagles discussion. 
Uh, but speaking of people, Carson you, Wentz too, here. You don't follow. That's right. Uh, with the Washington Commanders, uh, Commander Carson this Sunday yeah. afternoon is the opponent. But um, speaking of people, either you don't follow or you have muted. Um, I had to I unmuted Nick Kale this week because he got a job again. He's back here in back Philadelphia. In the, he's back in the area. Yeah. And yeah, he's doing a morning show on PHT. So I figured I had to unmute him. Yeah. The big talker, 1210 AM WPHT. Right. Uh, run by a guy that I worked with for many years, Greg Stocker. Oh, yeah. You know him? Yeah. Yep. Greg's the uh, brand manager. He was actually uh, a road team guy. Whereas when we were at YSV, we mm-hmm. called them van drivers. They were oh, like okay. the promotions crew and they would drive us to our gigs and stuff like that. Right. Great guy. Yeah, um, he's the yeah, program can, director, and he's also the producer of the morning show. He's on the show. Yeah, he started yeah. there working with Michael Smirkanish, actually, as a oh, producer. Oh, really? Okay. Yep, and worked his way up. And they don't call him program director anymore, huh? They, oh, they changed don't? it to a title called brand manager. I think program oh. director sounds way better, by the way. Okay, brand manager. So I guess... Yeah. Uh, so I guess sounds like I work in ShopRite. Nahagian's a brand manager then, right? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that what he is? Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Why'd they change the name of it? <laughs> I was perfectly fine with program director. <laughs> we, we were actually asked for a little Nahagian on the program today by uh, Raider Frank. So there you go. Oh, well, um, did you see, uh, speaking of Nahagian, he interviewed the guy that got uh, Aaron Judge's baseball. The, uh, the guy who caught it and gave it back run. to him for yeah, free. Yeah, gave it back to him. Yeah, well, he got like signed bats and stuff and uh, all kinds yeah, of not enough. But not money. I mean, that could have been, you know, 50 to 100 grand. Who knows? Judges were to signed a half a billion dollar contract. I'd have held the dude up. <laughs> well, you know, you know uh, I know. It's well, tough, what is Nahagian doing the interviews for? Cameron Diaz, by the way, is the actress we couldn't think of. That's right. Thank you. Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Um, uh, why is Nahagian doing interviews? I don't know, man. I, I maybe maybe he's uh, branching out and he's going to do his own show or podcast or something. I'd be great. I guess he figured. I guess he figured you and I have a podcast. Why can't he? Yeah, any donkey can do one if we're doing one. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that our friend, uh, old friend Darren Degatano, Dutch Degatano, who I worked with at WIP, mm-hmm. is producing the Mikey Miss podcast. I got to give that a really? listen. Apparently, he's got a couple episodes out. Oh, they're out already. Yeah. I, oh. I think he said he, I saw that he has a couple out. So, oh. yeah. So we'll All see. Right. Um, real quick, let's get to Bet Parks here because uh, you had some plays on your earlier program today. Do you have a play on the Eagles Commanders game? I can't get used to this Commanders name. I know. I don't. I don't like it. I like the Master uniforms. That, I like their uniforms, but I don't like the name at all. Um, I took just the Eagles minus one and a half in the first quarter. That's oh. the only play that I have on the Eagles game. It was available on DraftKings. And I'm just kind of thinking that uh, I know it's a short week, but it's not much travel for the birds. So I don't think the short week is really going to bother them early in this game. Uh, it's just a train ride down to, you know, to the D.C. area. So uh, I figured that, that Carson is going to be especially amped for this football game. And when he gets mm-hmm. really amped, he's not accurate. So I think Washington gets out to a slow start, not necessarily that the Eagles get out fast and continue what they did in the first half against Minnesota. But I just think, you know, I could see easily see this being a three nothing Eagles lead after one quarter. Does that lean you towards the under on the game here on the bet parks app? 
Um, I didn't really look at the total, but I, I would lean under. I mean, I'm on the under in the Baltimore Ravens, uh, New England Patriots game. That's under okay. 44 on bet parks. And then also in the Houston Texans, Chicago bears pillow fight. I took under 39 and a half. Okay. Two bad offenses on that game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that works. Get them in on the bet parks app. It is uh, available and it's great for football season, whether it's college or pro. Or uh, the the golf this weekend, or whatever is going on baseball. We're we're getting down to the nitty gritty here, and you know you got preseason hockey you can bet on uh, coming up tomorrow night. Ha! Will the Flyers the be able to uh, like staff a team? Everybody's hurt, it seems. Ha! I I I just ordered a new pair of CCM skates, forward skates, not the goaler skates, uh-huh. so I can play center because they need okay. a center. <laughs> and I, I was mean, running some center at practice for my U sixteen team the other night. Is that right? Well, I mean, yes. detail all these injuries. I know Coots is hurt. Uh, Ellis is out for the year, I understand. Is that right? Looks like it. Yeah, I think oh. his career is over here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I mean, he's got one injury leading to another. It's core into his legs. I mean, mm. I mean, at this point, you're just hoping the guy can have a, a good, comfortable post-hockey playing uh, physical experience. That's where right. he's at. That's how oh, bad wow. it is. Oh, I mean, boy. the dude's undersized and always played the game way bigger than he was. So, hmm. uh and Couturier's got the back, a herniated disc, so they got to see what – yeah, it's all specialist yesterday. We'll see where it goes. But uh, Torch is not going to use anything as an excuse. He doesn't give a shit. And number one, they had the first <laughs> practice yesterday, had four sessions. Yeah. Not yeah. a puck touched the ice. Is that the, right? The puck stayed in the bag. It was all skating. All He kicked the living tar out of him yesterday. Really? <laughs> oh. <laughs> guys were buckled all over the place. Is that right? You know what right? they call that in hockey, Hair? No. A bag skate. Oh, you skate your bag off? No. The pucks stay in the bag. Oh, the pucks stay in the bag. <laughs> you, okay. you bag skate them. Um, so, I mean, you can look wow. at the futures in the NHL. Get that on parks as well. And uh, Make sure you use the promo code JASON750. That'll get you a risk-free bet up to $750. Uh, that's for new and existing users. Terms and conditions to apply. So check out the Bet Parks app. And uh, you do need to be over 21 present in Pennsylvania or New Jersey. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. So Moshe's well, going to join us in a minute. Yeah, well, hopefully none of those flyers ended up in the emergency room. Yeah, I, I ended up there with the old lady on Wednesday. I was supposed to go to my son's practice. We have practice at 9 on Wednesday nights. And mm-hmm. I texted my assistant coach that I'm very tentative around 630 because the old lady is having chest pains. What? Now, she is prone to high blood pressure hair. Okay. All right, we're, we're going to pause that story. I'm going to tell right, the, right. the story because okay. I got to get your take on it. Plus, okay. after we after Moshe, um, I had an epiphany about a guitar solo that we have to discuss. And you've turned me on to a new guy, so I'm yeah. gonna, we have to get to that as well. But all joining right. us right now, I mean, he does all kinds of stuff. Where, I mean, he does the uh, Inside the Birds podcast. Yep. He's been an Eagles reporter since 05. I'm reading this right off his Twitter bio, by the yeah, way. Yeah, he does a post-game show, too, I think, uh, with yes. Inside the Birds. we got to find out more about. And he does not follow me on Twitter anymore. What? It is what? the one and only <laughs> Jeff Mosher. We say Mosh. What's up, Mosh? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. I don't know what happened there, Mert. I, I always used to follow you on Twitter. I got hacked. Wow. Dialed the unfollow happened. button. Got I got hacked. Yeah. I got hacked. Oh, there you go. I'm like, I saw it, and I unfollowed you, Mosh, out of spite. I'm like, that fucker. Oh, that's that's. <laughs> I helped him get a job at the Fanatic. Worse. That says more about you than me, Jason, doesn't it? I mean, does. come on. It, it really yeah, it, it, it does. Look, there look you go. I don't I have many scruples, you. and I'm very reactionary, Mosh. I could have put out a tweet and said, yo, prick face. 
Why John follow me? <laughs> but I did. Well, uh, nothing gets you to follow a guy like calling him pr- prick face. Uh, which That's right. I just followed you, so apparently it works. So <laughs> That's a term of endearment on this show, Moshe. I, I will say, I, I have people on lists, Jason. Like, I don't follow any Eagles beat writers, but uh, it's no dis- I follow them all because they're just on my Eagles beat reporter list mm-hmm. that segments you out. So you might just be on one of my media lists. All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refollow you because I do want to get your information because you're a great Eagles guy. And because, you know, in your time of need, Mosh, I got a oh. message from you and we connected on the phone and uh, greased the skids to get you in at the Fanatic. And I'm so sorry because you had to spend so many shifts working with Aton. <laughs> <laughs> do you forgive me? I thought maybe I that's why that show. I, I enjoyed every second of every shift yeah. I did with Aton. So I appreciate I love that show. Bring it on. It was great. I loved it all. Worked, you guys worked you guys well was awesome too. We did. We listen, we we're we're sort of kindred spirits in a way. Both have some yeah. Connecticut roots, both grew up originally in New York. You know, we have some similar interests. We also have some different hip hop interests. Devotees. Hip hop being one, yeah. 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 But you know. There you go. All right, Harry. So take a look there, right, right at the top yeah. of my Twitter page, right now, right here. If you can see that, yeah, he followed Jeff that. Mosher. Followed yeah. me. He's got that it's check a, mark. It's official. Came with the receipts there, Jay. I like that. That was a nice job. Yeah. I don't <laughs> mess around. <laughs> um, well, mostly. Go ahead, Harry. No, I mean, I, I just wanted to get your your overall assessment on this Eagles team two games in. I mean, if you if you polled a lot of people in the media, at least right now, they'd be saying Bills Eagles in the Super Bowl after two weeks. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I have a I coach softball here in South Jersey, my daughter's team, and uh, our head coach told me three weeks ago, maybe around training camp actually. He goes, you know, I really like an Eagles Bills Super Bowl. And really? I said, well, I'm half with you. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I like the direction the Eagles were going in. I just wasn't ready to declare an Eagles uh, Bill Super Bowl sometime in August. But so far, he reminds me of this every time. So mm-hmm. uh, two weeks from the season, he's looking pretty prescient. Um, I still like the Chargers, man. I think they're going to get yeah. their act together, their passing game together. But the Bills look look incredible. There's no doubt. And the Eagles have looked uh, about as good as you can look after two weeks of the season, especially when you're not entering the year as that team that everybody thinks is going to be in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. As good as Hertz has looked, Josh Allen has looked unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. He's a pretty yeah, he's good player. On a different level. Yeah. He is on I mean, a different level. He's like the, one of those might be the number one, but top three in the NFL. I mean, just ridiculous how good he is. Yeah. I mean, when you have Mahomes, I, th- either some combination of the, like it started last year with that great playoff game between Allen and Mahomes, mm-hmm. that could be, sort of the next Brady Manning type of rivalry mm-hmm. where only one of them is going to be able to come out of that conference. And then you throw Justin Herbert into the mix right. there. He could, I love he him. Could, he could crash the party a little bit like a Ben Roethlisberger would do. You know, he went to a couple yeah. of Super Bowls. So uh, it's pretty exciting. And then here in the NFC East or NFC, you know, you have guys who are trying to kind of take the mantle over and Aaron Rodgers is starting over there and he's still great, but you're going to have a, you're going to have an interesting little battle brewing and over the next few years and who's going to be uh the supreme nfc quarterback what do you what do you expect from uh commander carson this sunday i expect him to put the ball down the field quite a bit jay i mean they have the um i said jay hair uh they have right now in two weeks is tough to be a, a litmus test for anything but they're a terrible mm-hmm. rushing offense and a very good passing defense and it's not just because they've been behind you know usually when you when, you, when you're behind, yeah, you accrue the passing yards because you're always throwing. 
but then you're also throwing bad passes a lot and getting picked off. He's got three interceptions. One was a, a screen in week one that Trevon Walker just jumped in front of. It really wasn't his fault per se. And they're five for five in the uh, in the red zone so far. They've mm-hmm. been a, the best red zone offense in the NFL. And they're a top five third down offense in mm-hmm. the NFL. I mean, I think this is fair to say for Carson, you know, who had a good year last year, not a great one, but a much better one than two years ago, that this is probably his best set of weapons in the passing game since 2017. Uh, maybe even a little bit more well-rounded. I mean, McLaurin's very good. Jahan Dotson, my Penn State guy, is really – he's oh, got he's, three he touchdowns looks good. already. Yeah, yeah, he does look good. Uh, and then Curtis Samuel was hurt all last year, has, has filled that slot role nicely. He's got 15 catches, I think, already. Uh, the, the tight end is good. The, the tight your end. offensive line stinks, but yeah. usually, usually when your offensive line stinks, your passing game stinks, but that's not the case here. Hmm. Motion, is there a little bit like, you know, sometimes when players leave and it's kind of ugly when they leave, there's a little bit of revisionist history on what the player was when they were here. And with Carson, I feel like that's the case. I mean, I look at his numbers. Like, since he left, he's played in 19 games. He's got, over that period of time, 34 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And he, in that time, he's taken an average of two sacks per game. That was a big thing with him. 68 games as an eagle, a record of 35-32-1, and 62.7 completion percentage, 113 touchdowns, 50 picks, an 89.2 rating, uh, average 247 yards per game, 1.6 touchdowns per game, and Mm 2.6 sacks per game. I think with like the way people talk about him, this guy was a total gong show, and he wasn't. I think that, yeah, and I think that they still talk. I think last year, the way it ended, became sort of a referendum on his entire year, which was not the case. I, I don't remember yeah. exactly how many touchdowns he had, Jay. I think it was like 28 or something like that, and he had seven interceptions. And for whatever reason, Especially this week, when you're listening to people talk, it's like twenty-seven, year, 27, 27 and, and seven, seven, which is a yeah. very good ratio. Pretty good. And you hear yeah. people mm-hmm. talk about him always making huge mistakes, and I, you know, even now he's got three interceptions. People are like, "Oh, you're just waiting for Carson to make that, that those awful mistakes." Yes, he he can be reckless at times. I I yeah. will not deny that. I think that's obvious. But his three interceptions right now aren't like the the leading the NFL or anything like that. So no, again, but you know what it is from behind. Go ahead. You know what it is? He makes just crazy inter- like plays with like yeah. the one with the Colts last year towards the end of the season that basically mm-hmm. you know might have ended their their season, you know, and not getting to the playoffs. It's just like a, an an incredible interception and it right. just sticks with you. So yes. therefore you're thinking like, "Oh, well he's going to he's he's due. He's going to make a, he's going to make a bad throw." He like consequential does. you mean, Harry? Like a heavily consequential yes. interception? Yeah. Yeah. But, but but just a a, a car wreck of an interception you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like no reason what, for it you're like what is he thinking well that's yeah. it, it, it's amazing how he does it within the same game i think that's the complexity mm-hmm. of carson i said on the podcast that, that dropped this morning it was our game preview podcast i'm like you know this game carson for the first quarter and a half is going to look like like Jameis winston right throwing the ball just to people all over the place and then for the next quarter and a half he's going to look like aaron Rodgers. and then right sometime in the fourth quarter he's going to regress to something in between like a Derek carr right Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the last 10 seconds, he's either going to look like, you know, Josh Rosen or he's going to look like Tom Brady. You just don't know which one. He's not very right. consistent within a game of what he is. But look, he's going to throw the ball. I think the difference between him and the first two quarterbacks the Eagles have faced, uh, Goff and, and Cousins, is he, he, he'll say bring it on to your blitz. Like, you know, those two guys couldn't wait to get the ball out of their hands. Goff was able mm-hmm. to connect pretty quickly because they didn't really touch him and Kirk Cousins you saw as soon as the pressure got on him he's unloading Carson will 
foolishly sometimes take the hits, take the sacks, probably fumble, but he's also going to put the ball, he's going to hang in there and give his receivers a chance to get open and separation at the top of the route. And he's got receivers who can do that. So that's the, that's always the, the cat and mouse game with him. Hmm. How surprised were you with the way Minnesota chose to play defense in that game? And they Shocked. never came out of it. Shocked. I thought I was yeah. watching the Eagles defense last year. Yep. I mean, it was, um, it was almost like a hold my beer moment for Ed Donatel. You know, like, do you think Jonathan yeah. Gannon plays soft coverage? <laughs> <laughs> it actually reminded me of, in inverse, the Chargers game last year where the Chargers just, I mean, Justin Herbert was like 26 of 29 against the mm -hmm. Eagles. And it wasn't a ton of splash plays. He had a few, but it was basically death by a thousand cuts. And that's right. exactly what Jalen Hurts did to Ed Donatel's defense. And credit to him for doing that. That's It's hard. Yeah. You have to be patient. You have to be willing to take a lot of underneath stuff uh, and then pick and choose when you think you can go deep against that coverage, which I thought he did fantastically. Yeah, and then they blew the coverage against Quez Watkins and got the 53-yarder. Yeah. 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 So that, the irony of that, that defense, <laughs> the irony of that whole defensive structure is that you're trying to make the offense work 10, 11, 12, 13 play drives, 14 play drives because the – the mentality is that it's hard to do that without making a mistake. So the mm -hmm. irony is they're the ones that blew the coverage that led to that touchdown yeah. playing that style of defense. That's like that's how defenses try to do uh, Mahomes, is just make him be patient underneath, 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 and he's going to get impatient and make a mistake. Right, right. Yeah. Which also, it, by the way, doesn't work other than every once in a while. You know, you right. Most You look at like Hertz stat line and you know, he's not your fantasy stud. He's got one and one, one touchdown, one interception, but you know, he's taken what defenses give to him first where he runs you? him in. He had two running touchdowns. Yeah. You got to count that. You're right. Um, but you look at him, where were you coming into this season on Hertz and what has he shown you this season? Has he changed your mind at all? If you were kind of wondering about a few things, because that's fence. been the case with him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, the, the, we went into camp, uh, Adam Kaplan and I went to a bunch of camp practices, went down to Miami uh, for the one joint practice. And some of the feedback we were just getting from from league people that we speak to was that you can tell that he had a, had had better comfort within the offense and was making quicker decisions within the offense. And he was getting from progression one to progression two better, which is mm -hmm. sort of half the game. I mean, the, those who get to progression three and four are usually fairly elite. So if you can get from one to two, and if it's not there at two, you can you can run at that point and make yards the way he does, then you can play winning football. And I think you saw that in the Detroit game where he didn't have a whole lot of time. That wasn't his fault. I mean, there was confusion on the offensive line. There were zero blitzes everywhere. So look, if the one or two was open, he hit him. I mean, A.J. Brown had a great game. Uh, and if not, he was running for his life. And then I thought in this last game, Sort of the same. He didn't have to run that much. He did as part of the RPO, but a lot of times he was just patient. His guy was open. You, you get a lot of underneath routes against that defense that are maybe not your first read, but, but they come that way because of the style of defense that you're playing. And his decision-making was phenomenal. And I, one of the, the, some of the feedback I always got about Jalen Hurts, and I agree with it, and I've said it myself, is that for a guy who early in his career, pro career, was maybe one read and go – um, and wasn't a refined pocket passer. He did never. He never played. Uh, he never put the ball in harm's way the way other guys who do that do. He does not mm -hmm. throw a lot of interceptions. He does not throw a lot of balls that are almost 
intercepted every once in a while, even when he was not at his best. Uh, and for a guy who's not considered the, the fastest processor at the line of scrimmage of what the defense is doing, to be able to overcome that and not throw interceptions or bad passes all the time, I, I think was a good launching pad for him. And now he is starting to process better, make those decisions quicker, find comfort in the offense. And for two weeks, I mean, he's looked like one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, he really has. I mean, that first half was as good of a half as as he could play. Uh, the second half, that game, you know, kind of, you know, went to crap with all the turnovers and the, uh, yeah. the missed kick block, and so forth. Kick. But, uh, yeah, um, when you look at this division, obviously they got Washington this weekend. Dallas is taking on New York in New York. Are you buying into the Giants at 2-0 and yet? No, I mean, I, I think they'll be – I always thought they'd be better. I think they have a decent amount of talent from all the first-round picks they've stockpiled the last three years. They, they definitely needed a, a different coaching approach and GM approach. Mm-hmm. So I do think they're better, but I don't, I don't buy them as uh, yet as, as any kind of viable candidate to, to be anything more than seven or eight wins, which I guess mm-hmm. in the NFC East you might finish second. Maybe you can get a wild card in the NFC. It's so <laughs> wide open. But I tell you, I am also not – I was very firm on this. I did not bury the Cowboys when Dak Prescott got hurt. And I'm not saying that just because they won last week. I am a big fan of what they do defensively and what they have on defense. And Parsons is amazing. He is tremendous. Yeah. He's unbelievable. He can wreck the game. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. So while I think the Eagles have the better 52-man or 53-man, and of course when their quarterback's hurt, it's obvious. I've always felt that Dallas has the best defensive coordinator, best pass rusher, and I like their offensive coordinator, too. So I think that weighs heavily when you compare them versus other teams. And if they can get adequate adequate play like they have in his two starts so far for Cooper Rush last year and this year, then I think that they can hang around and be all right until Dak gets back. I, I, mm. I'm, I'm not surprised they beat Cincinnati, and I think they'll be better. I think a lot of people were ready to just write him completely off when Dak got hurt. But uh, I didn't, and I still think they're going to be pretty formidable because I like their defense a lot. Jeff, you know, one of the things when you look at the Eagles is up front, the offensive line. Like I saw that picture of Anthony Munoz with Jordan Mailata. Oh, yeah. I never thought Anthony Munoz could look tiny, but yeah. he did next to him. I mean, I don't know if there was some – that was like a deceptive in the photo, but you've been around Mailata. He is just insanely large. But up front on both lines is really their strength, and that really helps a quarterback like, you know, Jalen Hurts. But Sirianni – you know, you just mentioned coaching. Where are you on Sirianni and Gannon? And, you know, can can they take this team to that next level? Because now all of a sudden here comes expectations from the national media all over the place. And the Eagles are going to get a lot of attention on everybody's schedule when they see them. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so where are you on Sirianni and Gannon in particular? Because Gannon a little up and down so far. All right. Well, well, Sirianni first, I think what impresses me most about him is that he's fairly authentic. And I don't just mean that in his press conferences, but I don't think he's out to prove a point like a lot of first and second year coaches are. And I think the the best example of that is that he gave up play calling pretty early in the season last year. I think a lot of new first time head coaches uh, try to prove their worth. This is why they hired me, you know, to be a and try to show their expertise as a play caller especially yeah. since he didn't call plays in Indianapolis. You would think he'd want to kind of prove that, you know, I wasn't just Frank Reich's puppet. But to to really look at why he was hired, Jeffrey Lurie didn't hire him for his play calling because he didn't do it. He hired him for the uh, the emotional intelligence, the connectivity that he likes to talk about, the the ability to relate 
He's not trying to be somebody else that he's not. No, he's not. How much abuse did that guy take last year just for his press conferences, for his flower analogy? It was deserved. And and yeah, it was deserved, but he still doesn't (laughs) care. No, I know. (laughs) He still doesn't care. So I I appreciate that he has not tried to change in the face of intense scrutiny here in the city, and he's been authentic. And I think that that helps and resonates well uh, with the players. As far as, you know, and, and I'll say this, I think, not knowing much about him or Kevin Petulo or the offensive staff, they're running an offense that none of them have ever run before. Shane Steichen as well. They've never run an RPO-centric offense. A lot of people confuse RPO-centric with RPO Incorporated. Yeah, when Frank Reich was here and when Doug was here and when Nick Foles had to take over for Carson Wentz, they incorporated RPOs into the game plan. But that wasn't foundational to their offense the way it is right now with Jalen Hurts, where the entire Mm -hmm. scheme is basically predicated on the RPO. And I'm pretty sure those guys in their other other NFL stops, you know, whether it's Indianapolis or San Diego there with with, uh, Rivers, none of them were running that, that kind of an offense. Mm -hmm. So I do, uh, I have to appreciate their ability to adapt to their personnel, which is what you should do as a coach and reach deep into your, your, your playbook, your bag of tricks and figure out the best way to build the offense around what you have. All right. Yes. What about, what about Gannon? Well, and, and that, that'll sort of be the measuring stick for him last year. I, I felt like uh, this year, last year, he played a style of defense because he didn't believe in the personnel. And I think we can all fairly say there were reasons not to believe in some of the personnel, especially on the back end, whether it was Steven Nelson or Anthony Harris or Eric Wilson, who got released halfway through the year or Alex Singleton, who's not even on the team anymore. So they went out this offseason. They got him better pass rushers. They got him better secondary and linebacker players. And TJ Edwards has really emerged. And now you're seeing him blitzing more. Not like he's not mm-hmm. Todd Bowles, but he's blitzing more. Those blitzes that he throws aren't just the old Ed Donatel, all right, I'm not getting to you, so I'm going to throw one extra guy in there. He's, he's zero blitzing at times, which is sort of Jim Johnson-esque. So I appreciate that. Um, but again, I, I, I really wonder – the issue is that they really should be getting home with a four-man rush more. They're not generating any pressure without it, so that's kind of forcing him to blitz. Mm-hmm. Uh, and teams are going to start to realize that and know when you're coming at them. And if you can't generate a four-man rush, which is really not Gannon's coaching, that's just about the four guys doing their job. Right. Um, if you can't do that, you have to blitz all season long, that's a problem because the better quarterbacks mm-hmm. will pick you up apart. So yeah. who on that line is uh, not pulling their weight? I don't think anybody has, uh, you know, more than a sack right now. I mean, uh, Fletcher Cox, I don't, and Javon Hargrave to me have not pushed the pocket on the inside nearly enough. Hassan Reddick, that one you can maybe put on the coach and say, oh, are you using him the right way? Are you moving him around? Are you, I ha- they, they are moving him around a little bit, but in the ways that they're moving around, is that advantageous? So you'd like to see some of that explosion start to like, you know, manifest itself in some sacks and forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. At some point, I think Josh Sweat is actually doing a good job. They've asked him to be an, a stand-up rusher, like an overhang defender. And then in this last game, they asked him to be a down line, like an interior lineman when they run those five-man fronts. And I think he's done a nice job of, uh, you know, pushing the pocket and collapsing it. But they need more. They need those those two veteran DTs, Cox and Hargrave, to do a better job of getting to the quarterback. He's get his hand in the dirt, huh? We yeah. talk about that in the meat locker all the time. 
It's got to be a Shaxman hair. Yeah. <laughs> Getting after the quarterback. <laughs> quick twitch. Don't get him started, Moshe. He, he just looks. He's I feel like you already was. I'm just continuing it. <laughs> yeah. Always looking for a reason to do an Anthony impression. I know. It's so much fun. Um, Moshe, I know you only got a couple minutes left. Let me ask you about your Nittany Lions because you and I have both, you know, kind of staggered around Beaver Avenue or College Avenue in our college life. Four, up to 14 now. And, you know, Clifford, four touchdowns in the first week. But, you know, last week on the road, I saw some creative offense out of the Knicks and Jimmy Franklin. Yeah, man. Dude, Clifford, I wish Clifford played uh, Auburn every year, right? I mean, the, he, he owns Auburn. He's, like, yeah. okay against everybody else. But you put Auburn on the field, and he's like Joe <laughs> Montana. Um, that Auburn coach is going to get fired, too. I, I actually way. thought Harry was going to get fired on Monday. I thought that the, the Penn State yeah. was going to get him fired. That was a and bad fit from the start. I never terrible. understood hiring a Boise State guy to come no. to the SEC. No. To fire him in the end zone like Herm Edwards? Oh, yeah. How about that? Did you see that? Oh, unbelievable. Uh, I did not see that. He oh, yeah. The athletic the director met him in the end zone after the game as he's the president to the tunnel. Yeah, and the wow. president of the university. Yeah, it's there's Man. video of it. That's crazy. Is that like the new meet me by the path after school? Meet me in the end zone after this game. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. He's just walking uh, off and then oh, unbelievable. How but, many wins for Penn State this year? So I don't know, because last year they were four and oh, and I'm and you have to remember they were so good on defense for the first month, month and a half of the season. I thought it was the best Penn State defense I had ever seen. And then Illinois came with their like eight offensive lineman line and just yeah. ran the ball over him. And then the nine over him. Them, and then, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then there was just like a down. And then Clifford got hurt against Iowa. We were winning right. 14 nothing, I think, in that right. game. And that was mm-hmm. that just completely foobarred their season. But this time, if if he gets hurt, we've got this great quarterback, Drew Allaire, who's already come in and shown you what he can do. I mean, he's had some really impressive passes. Uh, Nick Singleton, I met him at the Maxwell Awards. He's awesome kid. From your area, mm-hmm. all right, like Brooks County kid. Yeah, he's a Governor Mifflin kid. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. he could probably tell uh, the Gov difference Miff. between like a yeah. Delwood cow and uh, a non-Delwood cow, like you, right? You, you, you could, mm-hmm. you're able to identify cows, aren't you? Absolutely. Yeah. Go cow Tiffany. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. So no, I'm excited about this team. I think they can win. Well, they should be five and zero oh going into the their their first huge game to um, Michigan against Michigan. So then five and one. Well, yeah, different. Michigan looks good. Hey, listen, I'm going to hold out. One go, six and one for the ho- when uh, Ohio State comes yeah, into the whiteout. I think out. so. I think so. So, I'm, by the way, I'll be at the whiteout game. It's the first game I'm going to in like 15 years. I'm so fired. I'm thinking the wife and the kids. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, where are you well, staying up awesome. there? Uh, I got a room at the Hyatt. Wow. Is that right downtown? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, well, both right? you guys being being Penn State guys, you know this. Like that whiteout stuff is is all fun. But they're uh, only about 500 in those games. 500 yeah, what? Well, it's against the great opponents, too. Yeah. yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, saying, yeah, It's, yeah. it's not like it's well, like – they're, they're usually they're playing a really tough team. team. Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's usually Ohio State or right. Michigan, Michigan or – Yeah. yeah well, if you haven't noticed, Harry, we're not exactly a powerhouse over the last seven or eight years. So 500 uh, well, I'll take. <laughs> yeah. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say, but I'm excited about sort of next year and the year after when LR becomes the the starting quarterback and Singleton Mm -hmm. will be in his, Singleton should be a Heisman candidate by this time next year, the way he's been. So just excited. Just need some offensive linemen, man. So when Michigan is when we start going, what the fuck is James Franklin doing? (laughs) Right. Right? Pretty much. That's when that starts. Okay. Pretty much. I just want to mark that down on my calendar, my things to do list. 
Yeah. In fact, if they struggle with Northwestern in two weeks, I'm probably going to start that a little early. You know, oh, like, yeah. what, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just so impressed with that Auburn game. Wow. I was, yeah. that was awesome to watch. It but is. they're going to go in and kick the teeth out of Northwestern. That's at home. They should. They should. They yeah. should. They should have two, kicked the teeth out of Illinois last year, uh, uh, Jay. They should have kicked the teeth yeah, out yeah. of Illinois. I mean, geez. Yeah, that's the thing. They always leave you wanting more of this fucking Penn State team since 94. Oh, every freaking <laughs> right? year. Were you there in 94? That was my freshman year, man. Really? Oh. I, I didn't Never see been. a loss. I didn't see a Penn State loss as a college student until midway through my sophomore year. Wisconsin mm. came in and beat us in like a mid-October Ron game. Dane. You know who the quarterback was? For Wisconsin? Yeah. Um, Wisconsin. Did he transfer know. after? No, he, he started there. He started there. Mm, You'll I never remember. It. I'm just, I'll just Daryl Bevel. He's guy's been an, an offensive, offensive coordinator. coordinator in the NFL for like 20 years. He was, a, he was offensive coordinator for the Seahawks when they were in the Super Bowl, I think. That's so, I right, mean, yeah. But that's, that's the that's Ron Dane team in 95, right? Uh, I thought Dane was the 96 team, but it m- might have been 95. I'd have to go back. Yeah. I got to go back. Barry and Alvarez, check. the coach? Go back and check. Uh, yes, yeah. Barry Alvarez was yeah. the coach. Yeah. I remember Penn State, Michigan in 94. Me and my roommates, my roommate's dad came up, and uh, we went to the Penn State Scanicon out there by the <laughs> airport <laughs> nice. to watch the game in this huge room. They had like a stage and then an alumni blue band. Buffet, open bar. We were just fucking slamming beers, and yeah. they they beat Michigan, and we're on our way back to to campus. His dad's driving, and we go by the stadium, and everybody rushed the stadium. Mm-hmm. So we got. I was car. part of there. I was there. We helped rip the goalpost down, and then we carried them to Paterno's house. You know, he lived. Yeah, like it ended up on Joe's front yard. Yeah, yeah. So I was. There part was of a that. picture in the Collegian hair of Joe yeah. getting home at like two thirty in the morning, walking in his front door, and the goalpost was on his front yard. Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> Need to get the fire hoses down experience. to get the goalpost down, though. By the way, that was not that. There was a different Michigan game two years later where it snowed, and then someone threw oh, yeah. a snowball at. Um, it wasn't a Monty too. It was Mercury Hayes, I think, the other wide receiver mm-hmm, for Michigan. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was that was yeah, my roommate game. was a Penn State baseball player. And uh, he was in there three minutes through one snowball kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that game. Hit Mercury Hayes then. Yeah. Oh, he had a hose for an arm. This kid could, could throw it a hundred. Couldn't hit the plate. He was, was a Nate center Trump? fielder. No, it was uh, Kirk Rentschler is his name. He's my roommate. Oh, okay. Rio, we called him. And he, he was a center fielder at Penn State. And they would bring him in as a relief pitcher because he just threw gas. So uh-huh. they bring him in in this one game. And his first warm-up pitch hit the top of the backstop. <laughs> oh, my God. The, the, the kid at the plate that was in the on-deck circle was like, holy fuck, what am I going to do with this dude? <laughs> Throwing gas, he's going to murder me. Wow. <laughs> I, once hey, one last drafted. Uh, I once sat in 35-degree weather to watch a Penn State game where um, Nate Bump started for Penn State. He was one of our best pitchers. And Mark yeah. Mulder started for Michigan State. The uh, oh, Oakland wow. A lefty, yeah. Wow. yeah, And we beat him up for about 10 runs in the first two innings. I don't think he wanted anything to do with that 35-degree whipping wind weather at, uh, at right. up there in Happy Joe Valley. Hindelang, the old Penn State manager. Yeah, he was the manager. Wow. Yeah. Hey, one yeah. quick last one for the Eagles. I forgot to ask you. Jordan Davis, your thoughts yeah. uh, early on. Yeah, I like think a- uh, he's got a long way to go, Harry. I mean, uh, and that shouldn't be – I know that's disappointing and all you hear that and people are like, oh, and they shouldn't have drafted him. But he played – Limited snaps at Georgia for a reason. Kirby Smart mm. ain't stupid. 
right? Mm-hmm. And it's not just because they had great defensive linemen. If you have great defensive linemen, you play them as much as possible. He's great when he plays, but he only played, what, 20 snaps on average a game at Georgia? And now he's in the pros. So you can't mm-hmm. – it'd be ridiculous to expect that he's going to hold up better in an NFL game when he couldn't in a college game. So he's an enormous dude. They've got to get his weight manageable so that he can play and not lose pad level and not lose technique after three or four plays. But they knew that. So the Eagles mm-hmm. knew that. I don't know that the people, the fans understood that as much, even though I know it, it was out there about his limited snaps and he's not really a pass rusher. He's more right. of a pocket pusher when he's in there. Uh, but his best days are going to have to be next year, year three and beyond. This year, you're just going to, he's a project. They get him on the field when they can but you're not going to see him playing 60% of the snaps. Got it. He's got some things you can't teach. <laughs> yes. So do I, by the way. Stupidity. Well, t- tell <laughs> all the folks, tell all the folks where they can find you everywhere. Cause you got a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Our inside the birds empire, as I like to call right. it, you can find our inside the birds podcast on any major podcast platform or any podcast platform. You can also find everything we do visually on our inside the birds, YouTube channel which is also the home for our Inside the Birds pregame show with Jason Avant, Greg Cosell, Adam Kaplan, and me. Our postgame show with me, Adam, and Trey Thomas. We've got a Patreon channel now where we're giving subscribers bonus content, exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash inside the birds. We got a newsletter. You can go point on that Patreon shit? So far. I mean, we just launched it about two weeks ago, so it's been great. We're really happy with how many people have subscribed. All right, how are we going to start that? Nice. <laughs> I'm writing yeah. that down for me and Harry. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Ajis. There, 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 yes. there you go. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> no, no, he's really thinking about it for his uh, stick to hockey. That's what it's oh, going to be. Okay. It's his flyer go. stuff. You just got, you got to give love them, this you gotta give them more, shit. man. You got to be ready to give yes. them more. All yep. right. Yes. They always want have more. more to give. Yeah. I spilled People on are really going to pay for remotes. Flyers content, though, knowing how what the Flyers are in for this year. That that would be a heck of an accomplishment by you. It would. That would. <laughs> I, can, I can sell anything, Mosh. Ice cubes yeah. to an Eskimo. Hey, man, thanks well, for doing thanks. it, brother. It's good, it's good seeing you. Best of yeah. luck with the podcast this season. You put out great content, and Adam That's lives right up the street here from me. He's a great guy as well, Cosell. And I would uh, move you got some good ones there. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, property value went down when he got to the neighborhood. Uh, thanks, thanks, brother. For me on. Thanks. Take care. All right, there he is. is. Uh, Jeff Mosher. Man, he's a busy guy, man. He's got a lot of inside the birds is everywhere. God bless him. Because you know how, like, this whole thing, like, he was a radio guy, turned into a radio guy, was a kind of traditional beat writer, and then Mm -hmm. working at Comcast Sportsnet. And he's doing all this on-demand content. You're doing that. I'm doing that. I love this shit. Mm -hmm. So do I. It's so much better than schlepping to that studio (laughs) and going, 6 one you know, that whole thing. Yeah. What's on the show sheet, Mike McGonagall? <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, let's tell people about Psalm Sleep, Harry. Oh, yeah. Uh, I need to get some sleep because I got to get up early tomorrow to yeah, uh, man. head to a game. If you're having trouble getting enough sleep at night, Psalm Sleep, they got you covered. The scientifically advanced Psalm Stack includes ingredients that are naturally found in your body like GABA, magnesium, and melatonin. Sleep is the best form of recovery, and it has helped 
N for L founder and NFL tight end Colin Thompson take his game to the next level. It's simple. All you got to do is drink one serving just 30 minutes before you go to bed and your body will naturally calm itself down. Other sleep supplements leave you groggy in the morning, but not some sleep. Wake up feeling refreshed and ready to conquer the day. Make sure you check them out at getsom.com and use the code G's, J-E-E-Z, for 10% off your order. Get some sleep. I got to get up early tomorrow because I have uh, my U16 team, my son's midget team. We oh, have yeah? the showcase and we play up at Grundy tomorrow up in Bristol, up in Mikey Miss's old neighborhood. Grundy? Is that a rink? Is that the name of the rink? Yeah. Wow. The Grundy rink up there. And the game's at like 820, so Ooh. arrival's like 730. But I got to go without my son. Because he, he is en route right now, Harry, to Erie, Pennsylvania for the Lake Erie Classic with his high school team, the high school varsity team. Oh. Now, they I dropped him off at 7 o'clock this morning at the rink to, mm-hmm. to get on the bus with everybody, but the bus driver never showed up. They think what? he had a heart attack, oh, the bus no. driver. So they said they started getting parents together like, but I can't just drop everything and go for, I had the podcast with you. I got the flyers preseason action tomorrow night. So right. I couldn't just drop everything and head out to uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. That's a long trip, man. Yeah. Six hour drive. They got yeah. a game tonight at seven. Right. So we got, I, uh, I got a coach without him this weekend. Wow. Al checking in saying a great show as always fellas on the chat and Brian Cunningham is very disappointed. Couldn't be more disappointed and disinterested in your flyers. Yeah, he said he's disinterested and discouraged with the upcoming Flyer season. Look, a lot of people feel that way. I get yeah. it. I totally get it. You know, uh, you're going to see a lot of young guys. It could be upwards of 10 players under 25 in their opening lineup. Wow. Especially with Couturier out and, and Farabee. Well, he's under 25 anyway, but he's probably not going to be ready to start the season. He's get close. But, um, you know, you know, people always use the word, oh, I'm apathetic about him. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And – there probably are some people that don't. They're kind of fringe anyway. But to me, the core fan base, and I see it every day on social media, they're not apathetic. Mm-hmm. When you're mad in sports, that's you're not, when you're bonded right, right. with your fan base yeah. more than ever. You know, yeah. you did sports radio for a long time. When the Eagles would go out and they'd beat whoever, 34 to 10, what was the next day like? Fucking crickets, slow. right? A little slow. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. lose to the Cowboys or you lose to – the Titans, the fucking phone lines are like you can't keep a line open. Right. People love that's how you get bonded. Misery loves company. And that's how well, fandom is. Do a you part think of it. do you think this youthful roster, does that play to Tortorella or not? Well, he said yesterday in his availability, so I'm gonna play the young guys. He's played young guys in his career. He's not one of those guys that, you know, doesn't play young players. And he's got mm-hmm. no choice at this point. Um you know, the, some of the veteran guys are going to have to lead the way and show them. Uh, to me, this season's not about wins and losses, even though pro sports are always about that, right? Yeah. To me, it's about culture it's results, and standard. It's a results-oriented business. But, yeah, I mean, Tortorella is not going to – I mean, he's he doesn't have to win right away. No, he's going to coach and coach hard. That's what yeah. – I mean, Jesus, a puck didn't touch the ice on the first day of camp. That's pretty incredible. How they long just, was practice? Uh, I think it was about 50 minutes Wow, of skating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, and, and when you put pucks on the ice with hockey players, they're like, they're like a moth to a flame. Like they just can't stop fucking with the pucks. And when they see that there's not even, a, you walk out of the locker room, Harry, 
I could mm-hmm. see you walking out of the locker room as a as a two C yesterday at practice. Right. You walk out and go, there's a bunch of water bottles on the dasher, but yeah. not a single puck on the ice. You just walk out and go, ah, jeez. Ah, yeah, here we go. A second line center. I like that. Two C. Yeah, you'd be yeah. A, a great two C hack. I would. I'd be a two hundred. Not necessarily player. a scorer, but a right. distributor. Probably a PK guy. <laughs> I could see you on the PK. It's always in the right spots. That's exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be great at that. Martin that, Roach I, says El Ombre is his neighbor, Michael Bradley, and we should get him on. We we are going to get him on um, to talk, especially college football. But the the season really just gets going. I mean, what Michigan's got their first Big Ten game, I think, this weekend against Maryland. Like the Big yep. Ten hasn't really, you know, once that gets going, we'll, we'll bring him on. Yeah, Penn He's State great. this this weekend is. Uh, at home against Central Michigan. Central Michigan, yeah. Yeah, naturally, yeah. they're a huge favorite this weekend. Right. Minus, I think, 24, 25 on the Beth Parks app, so you can get that yeah. one. But it really kind of kicks off for them. They, Northwestern at home the following okay. week. Then they have two weeks off before they go to the big house and take on Two Michigan. weeks? Yeah. They have a bye. What? Yeah. Yeah, but for two 15th. weeks? Or no, they no, got no. a one-week bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have two yeah, weeks okay. between games, my bad. Okay, yeah. Um. And then they'll come back home and take on the, the Gophers, Minnesota. And Tough then they team. Got, yeah. Minnesota's then, good. Yeah. And then they'll have that October 29th game, which would be great. Great Halloween weekend, whiteout, yeah. Ohio State at Happy Valley. So that'll wow. be fun. Yeah, Minnesota's a road favorite this week at uh, Michigan State. Yeah. They're one that, of my that's got to be telling you something, right? Yeah, two and a half. Uh, Brian but Cunningham it, on the stream says, oh, I'm mad. I am yeah. pissed off. Exactly. About the Flyers, yeah. Yes. Okay. You know, the uh, official sponsor of Not For Long Media and Ajis, the original Fudge Kitchen, Jason, is a staple of the Jersey Shore with six locations in Cape May, Wildwood, Stone Harbor, and Ocean City. The original Fudge Kitchen makes all of their fudge in the store, guaranteeing a delicious product. So stop by. And let them know that uh, N4L sent you. And if you aren't able to visit in person, it's not a problem because they ship fudge across the USA. Be sure to check them out at fudgekitchens.com. The original Fudge Kitchen, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. There you go. Fudge Kitchen is fantastic. One of our great sponsors. Um, And Brian says he agrees that it's not about wins and losses. It's about getting back to development and getting the guys like TK back in the form totally agree. Yeah. And Martin also says Ite lives around the corner. Uh-oh. It's a hotbed here in Broomall. Oh, no. She just moved to Broomall not too long ago. Yeah. From media. Yeah. yeah she was a, a, a huge hit as a guest here on the Aji's podcast. Oh, yeah. She's always a hit. I played golf with her on Tuesday. Oh, yeah? yeah. She hit him good there? Oh, yeah. Sure. It's a good. How's your game looking these days? Yeah. I changed, Is it in order? I changed my swing my grip and everything um a couple of weeks ago so i'm working it in and i actually played on tuesday at jeffersonville and i've never hit more quality golf shots in one round in my life all right so what did you it's do to the grip, Barry? did you roll the the, the bottom got, wrist over a little bit well i it had gotten weak and mm-hmm. so i had to strengthen the in the right hand um make it a little stronger yeah in the right hand and I'm opening up my hips more in the in the takeaway. I did really short swing, okay? Mm-hmm. It gotten shorter. Yeah. So we had to as lengthen it up. Yeah, yeah, as you get older, you had to lengthen it up. And we do that by opening up the hips. And then I set a little bit of a hinge at the top. Yeah. So I'm up here now instead of like here. Yeah. Uh, and, and hitting it so much better. 
So, so. you got full rotation. My thing well, not always, full, not full, but better. Better for Harry. Yeah. My my thing when I knew my rotation was good, when I always go back, I go, I'm like holding a tray like a waiter. Right. Come back yep. to here. Okay, I'm good. Right. And I can come through and then the hips and the hands come through properly and you don't yeah. get any side spin to slice or hook the ball. So And now I have a finish, like a legit finish. Oh, you know, that's a great feeling. Because I, I was never able to do that because I wasn't I wasn't creating enough of even momentum or, or club head speed to even get to a, a good finish. It was a joke. Because yeah, your swing was too short. Yeah. If you're short on the back, you're going to be short on the finish as well. Exactly. Now, do you hold that finish nice, Harry, after you hit a good iron into a, a green? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Good work out of you. I got to get out there and play. I've not played a single round yet this year. No? No. I hate to do it. I'm, th- I'm thinking my back may be up for it. I should be good. The hips uh-huh. are, are probably going to be an issue. But yeah. That's all right. I, I retired from playing beer league hockey, so I think I'm good. I'm feeling a little better physically, mm-hmm. so I'm in good shape. Which reminds me, let's let's get back to the story about my wife. Yeah, the uh, the emergency room. Yeah. So the old the old lady, as I affectionately call her, <laughs> starts telling me around like six thirty that she's having real bad chest pains, and she took she has a blood pressure cuff. She took it and it was high. It was like one fifty five over one fifteen. Ooh, wow. And I'm like, all right, just try and calm down, chill out. And she's susceptible to high blood pressure. She eats too much fucking salt, drinks too much coffee, you know, the whole thing. So it, it's not going down. So I run her a nice bath. I light about six candles. I take her phone and put on the the, the meditation music mm-hmm. and the whole thing. Takes it after. It's still not going down. And she's having chest pains. Mm-hmm. So my neighbor comes over who is an anesthesiologist, works in the hospital, a real smart guy. And we try his cuff and it's still high. And he's like, brings over the pulse thing to make sure the oxygen's all getting in and it is. But so he's like, I think you should go. So we go to the emergency room at like seven 30 mm-hmm. and we get there and they take you right in when you, I tell you what, if I ever break my arm, I'm telling them I'm having a heart attack too. Cause they bring you right back. <laughs> and it was a zoo in there. Right. People sleeping and waiting the whole thing. So they take her right back and they give her an EKG. Totally fine. They give her a chest X-ray and then blood work. And this is over now hours. Right. And, totally fine she's still having the chest pain so they put her back into a room doctor comes in and she's like checking her out and she's like everything's normal and she kind of pushes on her chest on her left side because it was the left side of her chest mm-hmm. under her arm and a little bit in her jaw mm. so the lady's like everything's normal and she goes does it hurt when i do this and she pushed on her like her chest like right above her rack and she's like yeah she's like did you pull anything like twist and turn or pull a muscle and she's like, I don't think so. And she had just ordered a dumbbell in the mail from Amazon. We got a dumbbell in the fucking mail, 15 pounder. And she was fucking with it the day before. Oh. Like doing curls and yeah. the whole thing. Okay. I'm like, Jesus Christ. But the lady's like, you're here. Let's get a, a seat, a CAT scan. So they order up the CAT scan. That's another four hours, right? Turns out she probably strained a muscle in her chest. Right, 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 right. And I'm at the hospital three in the fucking morning, running home. I get home. The dog pissed on the coffee table of all places. Right. I have to come home and record the podcast at 1230. Go back to the hospital with her. Everything's totally negative. So she gets peace of mind because she doesn't. Everything's good. No blockages and all that bullshit. Right. But she pulled fucking muscle in her chest. I let out the loudest, ah, jeez, when when I realized that she pulled a muscle. It's warranted. 
And so I texted my neighbor who came over and was like, I think you should go. You know, you're in jaw pain because that can all emanate up through there, right? Sure, sure. And he goes, you didn't tell me about the dumbbell. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dumbbell over here was messing yeah. with the dumbbell. Oh, my. It cost me a night. Oh, wow. Well, it's good. Everything's all right, though. Yeah. This, the, this is yeah. the old lady. This is what I yeah. deal with. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's a lot. Running, running fucking baths and it's a lot. Smelly candles and uh-huh. bath salts. Yeah. Now, what about I, this I Aussie thing that you... Uh... Oh, yeah. So I'm driving the other day. For some reason, I heard this song came on, uh, like, on my Sirius. What channel? Uh, Ozzy's Boneyard? Yeah, like one of those. And, and it was the Lita Ford and Ozzy song, the duet, Close Your Eyes Forever. Great song. Okay. And so I'm like, oh, I want to listen to some Ozzy, because his voice just sounded great in it. And I brought up the 1981 live version of Ozzy with Randy Rhodes playing Mr. Crowley. Oh, wow. And Ozzy so of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. Which came out in 1980. I was in 10th album. grade. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy Train is on that record. Yep. Track two, yeah. as a matter of fact. Track one is a song called I Don't Know. Then yeah, that's a good Crazy one too. Train. Great yeah. album, right? Fantastic. It, it was my first foray into the metal world. Okay. Because I just saw the cover with him on it, holding the cross and Ozzy yeah. tattooed on his hand. So sick. Uh, Goodbye to Romance is on there. Suicide Solution. Mr. Crowley kind of starts side B. Uh-huh. And I'm listening to this. And I've always felt this, but it, it the solo in Mr. Crowley, and there's two, kind of like Comfortably Numb, there's two solos. Mm-hmm. The initial solo in the first chorus, and then at the end of Comfortably Numb, same kind of thing in Mr. Crowley. And while I think Comfortably Numb is the greatest rock guitar solo of all time, both of them by David Gilmour, the tone, just the phrasing, all of it. Yeah. I will tell you that the greatest hard rock metal solo of all time is absolutely Mr. Crowley. Wow. That's that's big. That's saying a lot. It's almost like it has words. I'm going to pull the uh, the face. Anybody on Facebook, sorry, I'm going to remove you. Go to Twitter and follow us and watch the rest or go to the YouTube channel at JM Media um, because Facebook will kick me off if well, we play YouTube? music. Uh, YouTube won't because I'm playing a YouTube video. Oh, okay. That's how you get around it. Yeah. So right. I'm going to take a few of these channels out right now. Um, let me just see. How I always like the um, another brick in the wall part two guitar solo by David oh, Gilmore. So Harry, that's a great one too. Like yeah. Gilmore's got great yeah, he's guitar amazing. solos. Yeah, yeah. Off the, the way chart, he, the way right? he pieces them together, it's like it builds and then you know what I mean. Like he's just he's uh, really good for that and comfortably numb is a classic. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, probably your favorite guitar solo. I think I could, I could probably guess it. Hmm. It's probably Hotel California. Well, that's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Felder. The dueling guitars. Yeah. Now, did you know? I have a little tidbit about that. Did you know why that sounds the way it does? No. That is actually Felder and Joe Walsh are playing arpeggios in this. Okay. But one guitar player is playing one note down from the other. And it creates that sound. Yeah. Really? So they're one yep. fret down? Yes. It's wow. like the the if he's playing an A, the other one's playing uh an A flat. Mm-hmm. The solo. That wow. arpeggio, which is a, a pattern, if you will. Mm-hmm. So that's why it has that sound and the chorus is it sounds the way it fuller. Does. It sounds yeah. fuller. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So all right, so here's I see live with Randall Rhodes, one of the great guitar players of all time. Here's the first solo in that song. Hey, 
It's going to come right here, Harry. Look That's Rudy him. Sarzo on the left of Quiet Riot on base. Oh, okay. Randy's just so good. Look at Ozzy. <laughs> Why don't they show Randy? There you go. He's got the polka dot flying V. Oh, yeah. This guy was gone way too soon. Oh, man. Yeah. Just an incredible guitar solo. Yeah. You know, this the first one here, and then the one at the end is just unbelievable. When a guitar solo sounds like lyrics, that's yeah. when it's great happens. Right, right. I mean, listen to that. You got a humbucker on there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Single coils up front and a humbucker at the rear. Yeah. How did he die? Plane crash. Or was it a plane crash? Okay. Yeah, he plane was. Plane uh, crash deaths. Yeah, he was music. tooling around on a little plane over in England, I believe, Harry. Hmm. And uh, the plane crashed into the parked tour bus. Oh, wow. And killed him instantly, unfortunately. And he was one of the great guitar players that we lost way too soon. Hmm. So it got me thinking of guitar solos. And I I found Rolling Stone's top 10 list. And I want to run it by you because you are a distinguished musical mind. A lot of people Mm -hmm. don't know this about you. Right. You know, you're a musician. You've been in bands. You've performed Mm -hmm. on stage as a musician and a damn good one. And I know you've picked up the back keyboard the again. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, the well, let me go 10 to 1. Ten. This is according to Rolling Stone. The 10th one was actually Crazy Train with Randy Rhodes on guitar there as well, okay. which is awesome. Same album. Yeah. Yep. All pentatonic scales in that, um, in that particular solo. Number nine mm-hmm. is actually Michael Jackson's Beat It. Oh, yeah. Eddie Van Halen performed the solo. Okay. Uh, number eight didn't is Steve Freebird. Stevens do something with uh, uh, was Billy Idol's guitar player? Didn't he do something with Michael Jackson too? He did as well. Yeah, I can't remember which song he was played it beat on. It? Well, beat it was the solo was by Eddie Van that's, Halen. That, that's beat Eddie Van Halen. So there, yeah. there's another one though that I think Steve Stevens was on. He absolutely uh, was. I don't mean um, to derail you, but it just made me think. Because Steve Stevens is pretty darn good, too. Oh, absolutely. He was a great guitar player in Billy yeah, Idol. Yeah. Let me, I'm, I'm going to see what that is. I'll, I'll look it up. Just go back to the list. Go to number okay. eight. Okay. Uh, number eight is Freebird and the okay. dueling guitar solo, the harmony solo. Uh, so Dirty Diana was the song that Steve Stevens Oh, was okay. Dirty okay. Diana. Yeah. Um, number seven. And I love this one, Harry. I could never play it. Never even try to. It is the Sultans of Swing, oh, the Dire yeah. Straits, and Mark Knopfler. Well, that's all finger picked, too. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. It's finger picked arpe- four note arpeggios. And the reason why it has the sound that it does is he plugged into the bass amp to get oh. that tone. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. Number six, Harry, uh, is uh, Sweet Child of Mine and Slash. Okay, I slash, like it. Yeah, that's I've never one. been a big Slash fan. He's good. Yeah, guitarist. but that was, that's a good song. That's a good tune. Very bluesy and kind of muddy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number five is yours, Hotel California. Okay. And the Eagles, of course, Don Felder and Joe Walsh on that one. Mm-hmm. You know, the one note lo- uh, lower arpeggios really give that the sound that it has. 
Uh, number four is James Page and Stairway to Heaven. Okay. There's so many Zeppelin solos that I love. I know. And, and this one isn't one of them. Me, I totally It's not one agree. of my top ones. Like Let's a whole lot of love? Come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that's number, what was that, four. So number three is Comfortably Numb. Okay. And, of course, that's uh, with uh, David, David Gilmore. Gilmore. Number two is Eruption from Eddie oh, Van Halen. Oh, Eddie Van Halen. That's, Which just a, that's just a guitar song. There's no yeah, that's in that one. Yeah. Just all solo. Right. Just insanely opulent and over the top and incredible, but it was so far ahead of its time yeah. with the tapping and just the way he, I mean, the use of the whammy bar on that, mm-hmm. unbelievable. And then the number one one, could you guess what the number one one would be? No. How about Bohemian Rhapsody and the great guitar work of Brian Brian May. May. Yes. Interesting. Very and distinct sound to Brian The tone, May. you yeah. know it the second you hear it. He's that really weird looking guitar. I don't even know what yeah. it is. But yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, Harry, I come to find out this out from Rick Beato's music channel, has over 2 billion listens on Spotify. Is that right? Making it incredibly relevant today. Wow. Well, yeah, with the movie, the the, mm-hmm. queen, the movie kind of rejuvenated the Queen's career yep. um, from a sales standpoint and an interest standpoint. But it's funny you bring him up, uh, Brian May, because... He is a guy who got his sound, he claims, to have gotten his sound from a guy that I stumbled upon this week. And I had okay, never heard that? before. Rory Gallagher. Not Rory McElroy. No, not Rory McElroy. Rory Gallagher is an Irish guitarist. Shocking. And he's credited by like Clapton and Brian May as being a significant influence on both of their careers. So I'm like, I got to check this guy out. Cause I never, I heard his name, but I, I couldn't tell you one song. And the then I went, looks like a rock star. Man. He does. And he, he died uh, young as well. I think he was in his forties when he died. Um, but he, he sang his own, he was a solo act. Mm-hmm. And I think it, having gone back, I looked at rock palace, his performance for rock palace, which is that German television show that Mm -hmm. used to always have music you can find them all over youtube it's like top of the pops but yes and he did a a, like seven or eight songs and i went through the whole thing he can freaking jam i mean this guy and he's got a great sound yeah to his guitar he just can't sing if he'd gotten his own singer like a guy that like his own paul rogers kind of guy he would have been great he would have been paul rogers that's a great paul rogers is one of my favorites oh dude look at that guitar that guitar is beat to shit Oh, that Strat has seen better paint days for yes. sure. Yeah. But, all right, so here, here he is. This is live in 1979, Harry. Yeah. Like, he looks like Jack White. He does. Well, he didn't even moves have the guitar around on. on the stage. He moves around on the stage like Jimmy Page used to. Yeah. But he, I can hear the influence on Brian yeah. May just in the tone. Absolutely. Oh. I'm going to so go what, down the rabbit hole yeah. on uh, Rory yeah, Gallagher. Tell, let, me know, let me know what you think. Yeah, that's yeah. great stuff. I, yeah. I love being turned on to music I haven't heard. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this guy is so influential and I haven't heard of him. Yeah. that That's like having a great book in front of you or a great movie that you know is going to be really good, but you have no idea what you're going to love about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm going to be going down that rabbit hole. I can't wait. Good, good turn on by you. 
Rock um, Callist was the the uh, video that I watched. Okay, and that's uh, Rory Gallagher. So Rory great Gallagher. stuff. It's yeah. a good list though, of of guys. I mean, I, th- I was thinking of like the solo and the Allman Brothers, Jessica. Oh yeah, it's a great any one. any Allman Brothers song really. Has, yeah, he's tremendous. Um, but you know that eruption on uh, Van Halen's first record. Mm-hmm. That was actually the second song on side A after running with the devil. They went into yep. eruption, I believe. And then eruption just bled right into you. You got me. Girl, you really, you got, really me. got me. The the kinks mm-hmm. uh, oh. cover that they did. Yeah. 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 Remember That's those chunky chords that they, that he played oh. and you girl, you, you really got me. Yeah. Just, <laughs> that sound that he got was incredible. I don't even know how he got some of the shit that he did. It was just so unbelievable, the yeah. tone. And I've been watching some of his videos lately, too, because this kid performed with the Foo Fighters at Wembley, oh, Wolfgang. Yeah. Right. And dude, he played. they played Hot for Teacher, mm-hmm. and dude just shredded it. I mean, yeah. He, dude, he those, like guys, instrument. those guys used to play street parties in Pasadena, California, before they hit it big. Can you imagine, like, just going to a, to a party in high school – and there being David Lee Roth and Eddie Van Halen are the house band. Jesus, yeah, that's what like used to Roth happen. was so all over the place. Oh, he was a maniac, horrific singer, but absolutely um, maniac, maniac, just a showman. Though. Great performer, though. Yeah, I was watching a video from 1984 where they were performing, and and mm-hmm. I just watching the video, I got annoyed with David Lee Roth. I'm like, no wonder they kicked this asshole out. <laughs> oh, he must great. have been just so much fucking maintenance. Oh, he yeah, there's no doubt about that. You know, and then it's fueled with cocaine and and booze. Yeah, (laughs) and women everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, I saw them on the the Diver Down tour at the Spectrum. And we were like in the 25th row on the floor at the Spectrum. It was amazing. And then I saw him on his solo act. Uh, He and the original Bad Company performed at the Man Music Center. Wow. Bad Company, the real lineup, like the original four guys with Paul Rogers. Uh, warmed up and they did about 12 songs, all their hits. And then David Lee comes on and does a solo uh, performance. And he was incredible. Wow. Yeah. How good was Paul Rogers live? Oh, incredible. I've seen him uh, three times. He's like, like I've five seen him with three, right? Yeah. But, but a mountain of a voice. I mean, that, yeah. dude, that, that guy's a rock and roll singer. Yeah. Know? I always love the start on Diver Down of Side 2 on the album version of Intruder. Oh yeah, Boom, the bass in that's just unbelievable. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. Van Halen. I I, I saw him with with uh, Sammy on the Monsters of Rock tour. I think this is around eighty seven or eighty eight. At okay, JFK. so was that what were they uh, performing? Fifty one fifty. Yes, yeah. Summer Nights and right. um, Best of Both Worlds, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were the headliner that day. The bands were in order like this. They were the headliner. The second head, second band right before them was Scorpions. Ooh. Then before that, it was Dokken. <laughs> then it was Metallica. Oh, wow. And the opening band was a band called Kingdom Come that sounded a lot like Zeppelin, but okay. were not quite Zeppelin. Yeah, I never heard and of them. When when the Kingdom Come signs went down and the Metallica side signs went up at JFK, Metallica was just blowing up there. Hmm. And Cliff had just died, and they, they just put out the 598 Garage Days cover album. It was the first tour with Jason Newstead. It was unbelievable. Mm. Just great. Wow. And Scorpions were good too. Oh yeah, they were. Big. I saw them at City Island in Harrisburg. Yeah, uh, that little island in the Susquehanna River. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, these the con- summer concerts. I mean, I was up there probably every two weeks going to a show. Uh, uh, but I saw one. Scorpions in one. I remember it was just getting dark at JFK and they were playing Still Loving You, that guitar oh. to be good. Oh. <laughs> and Klaus Mine. Yep. Still Loving You. Oh, such a great voice. I got to awesome. tell you about Wealth Advisory Services, though. Absolutely. If you don't know them, you should. Paul, Dave, and their entire team have over 100 years of first-class service working with all different levels of investors across the country. There's something more powerful than luck or coincidence to help bring financial independence within reach, and it's called planning. And as professionals dedicated to continuing education and a high standard of ethics, they leave nothing to chance. Wealth Advisory Services coordinate with other trusted professionals to ensure seamless management of your assets with services that range from portfolio management, insurance, tax, estate, retirement planning, and beyond. They're located in Bucks County, PA, and Cape May, New Jersey. WealthAdvisoryServices.com, a personalized approach to managing your wealth. So when does Nick Kale start on the Big Talker 1210 AM? Monday, October 3rd, I believe. Is that a Monday? Two weeks, I guess, from this weekend. Two weeks from Monday. That was the day that I started at the Fanatic, the first day of of 950 uh so sports year? talk 950 october 3rd 2005 i was wow. the first voice on the air local voice doing you... a sports update at 6 a.m wow yeah In monday 2000... october 3rd 2005 you said 2005 yes wow yep. 17 years ago you've been doing this shit for 17 years. 17 yeah I know. I st- you know, my first time I cracked the mic was in 95. Jesus. That's when I started wow. doing the rock radio. And here we are in 2022. Now, where was that? State College? It was. Yeah. It was at the, the wonderful WQWK, Quick Rock, mm-hmm. in State College uh, on the uh, Planet Wank Morning Show, mm. where I started. And uh, here we are, wow. 2022, still doing this shit. Um <laughs> Let's uh, tell the people about your plays for this weekend, Har, for the Bet Parks app. You got some good ones as always. I know you were doing the show earlier with Aton and Devin Caney. Yeah, um, I took two unders in the NFL on Sunday: the Baltimore, uh, New England under forty-four, and Houston, Chicago under thirty-nine and a half. Okay. Any college plays that you uh, really honed in on here? Any lines talking to you like Mikey I, missed? I put together a four-team parlay in college football. Wow. Uh, Michigan, Minnesota, Wake Forest, who's hosting Clemson, and Ohio State, three three Big Ten teams, and Wake Forest, and it pays plus 1208. Ooh, good luck on that one. Yeah. Be a nice little payday. Uh, get mm-hmm. that in on the Bet Parks app. Get them all in on the Bet Parks app. Uh, hockey coming up as well. You've got the golf. you got got uh, – Tennis, mm-hmm. you've got Formula One returning next week and uh, tons more. Where are they next week? Next week, they return, Harry. Uh, they are in Singapore, where they haven't been since oh. 2019. Oh. The streets of Singapore. It's a night race in Singapore. Wow. So uh, that'll be another Max Verstappen win for sure. He's won five straight and He's won all three on the last leg. Yeah. yeah, Red Bull is just crushing everybody right now. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to wrap up the championship. Uh, either in Singapore or after that, when they go back to Suzuka in Japan. Suzuki. Yeah. Or if we're Suzuka. heading uh, back over here for the race in Austin, Texas at Coda coming up as well. So now are you going to that? Now I wish I could, but I got too much mm. shit going on. With Now, is that in the streets or is that a track? 
No, that's a track. Okay. Yeah, Circuit of the Americas is a track down there, and um, that's permanent. And uh, they'll be in Vegas next year as the second to last race of the year hmm. before they head back to Abu Dhabi for the finale. Dhabi, Dhabi, Dhabi. But uh, yeah, well, so uh, 24 race schedule came out for next year, so that's all good. Um, so you can get all this in on the Bet Parks app. Just uh, download it. Easy to use, easy to navigate, faster to win than ever before. Use the promo code Jason750. I'll get you a $750 risk-free bet just for putting in that promo code. And new and existing users, terms and conditions apply. You do need to be over 21 and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks for watching. Leaving us a nice five-star rating and review. We didn't get to the ratings and reviews this no, time. No, no. We'll do that next week. All right, next week. All right, and uh, we'll join you next week for episode 36. Everybody, have a great weekend. Enjoy your week. Good luck on the bets. Harry, have a great week. Enjoy the wedding. Yeah, man. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week on the Aji's Podcast.